Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What is up, my beautiful fucking people? Welcome, welcome to another episode of FML Talk. It's February, y'all. You know what that means. Just around the corner is Valentine's Day. But here on FML Talk, whether you are single in a relationship, I don't give a fuck what your status is. We are celebrating our motherfucking selves. It's a Valentine's Day episode. Sit back, grab a fucking glass of rosé, and welcome to FML Talk. Oh my god. Wait, how old was the other girl? 19. Can you believe that shit? Hey, this is Gabrielle Stone. Good book. I did not in chapter six. <gasps> he did what? 48 hours? What a dick. Yeah, but have you seen all the photos on our Instagram? And this is FML Talk. Oh, no, she didn't. Happy February, FMLers. Happy Love Month. Happy Love Your Motherfucking Self Month. Whether you are in a relationship, whether you're single, we're going to have a really fun episode today answering some questions about all things love, single, partner, yourself. Like we're going to cover all the bases. I love doing these solo episodes because every time I go through all the questions, you guys are so fucking creative and you ask the most fun stuff. And I really feel like it's me sitting down with my glass of wine, putting my feet up and uh, talking to all my favorite bitches out there. (laughs) It's always fun for me. So I love that we've decided to do the solo episodes like this. Quick reminder, if you'd like to submit an FML story, we're doing them differently now. Instead of playing the recordings on the episodes, whenever we have a solo episode, I will choose an FML story that has been submitted and read it on air. So it doesn't even need to be like a love-related shit story. Of course, those are always welcome on this show, but it can be any ridiculous situation scenario that would constitute as an FML story in your life. If you have one of those and you would like to submit it and have it be read on the show, you can email it to info at eatprayfml.com and keep it, you know, keep it under a page. Don't like go crazy and write me a fucking novel. And I look forward to reading your crazy stories. All right, let's dive into some of these questions. I selected a quite fun one to kick us off. This question reads, why can't guys be happy with what they have and who they have? Well, because men are stupid. (laughs) Just kidding. All my male listeners out there, I love you dearly. We are a gender-bending, friendly show. And if you're a guy and you're listening to this show, it means you are emotionally developed and you're showing up to do the work that all humans should be doing. 
for those that that does not apply to, which this question is about, it's not really why can't guys be happy with what they have. It's why can't people be happy with what they have. And this kind of goes into why do people cheat? Why do people feel the need to step out on their relationships? And the answer is very simple. We talked about this way back when in season one, I think it was episode like six or seven when we talked all about cheating. It's an insecurity within the person. People don't cheat because they're like, I want to go out. I really want to experience a new vagina. Like, I just need something that is new in my life. Like, that's not how the conversation in their head goes. <laughs> I promise you that. People cheat because they have an insecurity or a void within themselves. And they are like, how the fuck can I fill this shitty feeling that's within myself? And people are like, you could go to therapy. And they're like, absolutely not. What else could I do? Let me fuck anything that walks. You know, it's not the greatest <laughs> mental pathway to how they get there, but I'm, I'm just giving you the facts. When someone has a void or an insecurity within themselves, it's uncomfortable and they will do anything to fill that shit up and make it feel better. It's also when people are insecure and they need to boost their ego. Like, let's all remember that Jennifer Lopez, the hottest, arguably hottest woman on the fucking planet, like who I would have sex with, she got cheated on. Okay? Like, Beyonce, the queen of like every human on the planet, <laughs> Beyonce got cheated on. Okay. Like it has nothing to do with the person. And if you look like at statistics, you know, all the fucking men on my TikTok are always chirping off like, oh, you probably weren't like giving enough blowjobs or having enough sex. Like, okay, dude, you could be having sex with someone every day and they could still go look elsewhere because they are insecure or have that void or need their ego stroked from a different person. It's not anything to do with you, I promise. So the question, why can't people be happy with what they have and who they have? It's really because they haven't done the work on themselves and they're not ready for a relationship. There was a TikTok trend going around a little while back that was like women being like, these are all the things that my man did while he was cheating on me, like bought me a ring, made me breakfast in bed every day, told me he loved me. We got a dog, you know, like all this shit. Uh, let me look through his phone. All these things that you would think, oh, there's no way that guy's cheating. He's like in love with her. He's in a committed relationship. If that person is not ready for a relationship, you can't fake it till you make it. There's going to be something along the way that catches their eye, makes them stray, whatever. If someone is not ready for the relationship because they have not done the work on themselves and decided that they are ready to come to the fucking table, communicate, talk openly, go to therapy, be a fucking actual partner, there's only so much you can do. I hope that answered the question. <laughs> we're starting off strong, guys. And because we're talking about cheating, we're going to roll into this next question, how to keep your head up after your husband cheats or files for divorce. Again, husband, wife, whatever. If a person cheats on you, how do you then keep your head up after all of the, you know, different emotions that come with that? The shame, the embarrassment, the heartbreak, if you're still in love with the person. <laughs> like there's a myriad of really confusing emotions that come with that. The same 
answer we just talked about is the most important to remember. Remember that it is not about you. It's embarrassing for them. How embarrassing to have a wedding, give vows to this person, promise them fucking like, you know, butterflies and sunshine and rainbows, make a full on commitment, potentially have children and then cheat as opposed to just being a fucking adult and being like, yo, this isn't working. I'm going to leave the marriage. How embarrassing like that they never got the coping skills to communicate with their words. So first of all, remember that it's not about you. So you should not be feeling the shame or embarrassment. All you need to focus on is how do you take care of your heart moving forward? Does that mean going no contact? Does that mean going on a fucking silent retreat? Does that mean hopping on a plane and going to Europe? I fully support that. Do you need to pour all of your effort into your friendships and be like, yo, guys, my mental health is fucking teetering on the edge. Please like show up and support me. What is it that you need to start feeling better to keep your head up? What is it that's going to make you feel fulfilled? And I want you to remember this is not the end of your life. This is not the end of the world. My life started when my fucking divorce happened. That was like the she's been born. Welcome to the world, Gabrielle, when that shit happened. It set me fucking free. So as dark as it may seem, if you can hold on to the fact that this is a chance for a beautiful new beginning, it's really going to serve you. Speaking on what's going to make you fucking feel better, let's talk a little self-love cocktail because I think it's time for a refresher. I know if you've been listening to this show and if you've read the books, you obviously know what the self-love cocktail is, but we're going to do a little bit of a deep dive that is going to lead us into one of our next questions. Basis of the self-love cocktail, do things that make your soul feel happy. Write out a list, do that shit daily, give your soul the things it loves, bottom line. Some people are like, okay, but what makes me happy? Fair question. Start figuring that shit out. There's two different sides of the self-love cocktail. There's things that I are on my list that I don't love actively doing. Do I love going to the gym and sweating? Not particularly. Do I love eating healthy? No, I'd rather have a fucking cheeseburger and fries. But those things are on my self-love cocktail list because what they do for me, the end result what they do for my mental health in the long run make me feel better. So I choose to give myself those things because I know inevitably my soul and my health mentally and physically will make me feel better. That's one half of it. So things that you don't necessarily love doing in the moment, but are going to make your mental health raise a couple bars. That's one half of it. The other half is genuinely picking things that you just fucking love doing. If that's sitting in a bubble bath, reading a book, drinking a overly large glass of wine while eating chocolate, that should most definitely be on your self-love cocktail list. If you love ordering overpriced sushi from Sugarfish and watching The Bachelor and vegging out on your couch in your sweatpants, it's not like I'm speaking from experience. This could be anyone I'm talking about here. Then that should be on your self-love cocktail. If things are genuinely making your soul feel happy in the moment of doing them, getting a massage, getting your nails done, hanging out with your dogs, like going on a hike, going on a camping trip, what, like whatever it is that you're like, this is going to make me smile and 
bring joy into my heart, that should also be on your self-love cocktail. Okay, so there's two different sides of the ingredients of the cocktail. Summer is here and life is not slowing down for us anytime soon. One of the things we have continuously relied on making our lives so much easier is factor meals. No prep, no mess, no cleanup meals. I have really been off the wagon with my eating since having my son, and for my health, my wellness, and my mental sanity, I have been switching my dinners to more healthy options from Factor. They have 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, so I never get bored. And Tay is continuously shocked every time he sits down to eat one because they are so freaking tasty. They have breakfast, lunches, dinners, and desserts. It's a treat to have restaurant-quality food that is so easy to prepare and doesn't come with the insane Postmates bill. Head to factormeals.com slash FMLtalk50 and use code FMLtalk50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code FMLtalk50 at factormeals.com slash FMLtalk50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Enjoy, FMLers. That leads us into a fun question that came in. What are some dates to take yourself on? I fucking love this question so much because people are like, oh my God, it's Valentine's Day. I'm not in a relationship. What am I going to do? I have to call my girlfriend so we can make it a Galentine's Day because like, oh my God, what if I'm alone on February 14th, this fucking made up holiday that society makes us conform to? Okay, let's stop all that bullshit right now. (laughs) Okay, take a fucking breath. Pop a Xanax if you need to. It's going to be okay. I'm going to hold your hand through this. We're going to get through it, guys. Take your motherfucking self on a date. Why the fuck do you need a significant other? Why the fuck do you need someone else to make plans with? Be a boss bitch and be like, I'm going to go to dinner and a movie tonight. And if you just went, oh my God, I could never do that. You need to take your ass out to solo travel. Get the fuck over that. Get out of your shell. It is so fucking empowering when you're like, I'm going to go to a fancy ass Italian restaurant tonight. Say table for one, motherfucker. And they're going to look at you and you're going to be like, yep, you heard me right. Table for uno. And sit there, order a fucking amazing salad, a delicious plate of pasta, a fatty glass of red wine. Oh, my God, I'm getting so fucking hungry. And sit there. Don't be on your phone. People watch. Try and make up stories about the other couples that are in the restaurant. They're probably fucking miserable in their life anyways. (laughs) It's They're only out because it's Valentine's Day. and really be with yourself. How often are we actually with ourselves and not either on TikTok, scrolling Instagram, watching Netflix, or, you know, not watching Netflix and scrolling TikTok at the same time? There's so many times we are not actually being with ourselves. If you feel uncomfortable doing that at first, take a book, take a journal, pretend like it's a work dinner, whatever. Like if you need that to kind of ease yourself in so many times in Europe, I would take myself to dinner and I would just be writing, 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 writing. And it helped me get comfortable in that I'm showing up to dinner alone vibe. But I can tell you that eventually you're going to turn a corner and be like, I'm a fucking badass. Like this is fantastic. I think it's awesome to do that even if you're in a relationship. 
Be like, hey, I'm going to take myself on a date tonight. I'm going to take a fucking little car ride over to my favorite restaurant. I'm going to have dinner. I'm going to wine and dine myself. It's going to be cheaper because it's just fucking me. And then I'm going to go to a movie and I'm going to sit in that movie by myself and laugh my ass off and enjoy myself. And then I'm going to come home and I'm going to take a bubble bath and like have a spa night in the bathtub with like a facial, cucumbers, whole fucking deal. That sounds fantastic. So date ideas that you can take yourself out on. I love going on, let me preface this in like safe, you know, not in the fucking wilderness where I'm going to get eaten by a mountain lion. I love doing hikes by myself on little trails. And when I do those hikes by myself, I'll pop my headphones in, put on some Trevor Hall, which we all know is like my go-to. And I will do a gratitude walk. I will do the whole hike and be like, God, I'm so fucking thankful for my health. God, I'm so fucking thankful for my dogs. God, I'm so fucking grateful for my family and friends. And watch when you start showing up and saying, oh my God, I'm so thankful for, and God, I'm so lucky that da-da-da-da-da, what that does for the energy shift in your life to start creating new, bigger things. Because the universe is like, wow, this bitch is really fucking thankful. Like, like, yeah, let's give her some more stuff to be thankful for. Throw some, throw a Christmas bonus in there for her. Fuck it. <laughs> it really will help the energy in your life open up. I think another fun date night to take yourself on, those painting wine classes where you don't have to be artistic at all because like, hi, I've gone and done them and the fucking painting turned out pretty good. And you go and there's a bunch of people there. Sometimes there's people solo. Sometimes there's people in groups. And you go and you sip on some fucking wine and you paint and you zone out. Like, yeah, great fucking idea to take yourself on date nights. I want everyone listening to this to commit in the next month to taking yourself on a date night. Leave your fucking significant other at home. Be like, you're on your own tonight, dude. I'm splurging and spoiling myself. Okay. What is your advice for putting yourself out there? I'm outgoing as hell, but dating scares me. Girl, join the fucking club. I feel like everyone who's ever been single is like, what the fuck? How do I do this? Why do I have to be on an app? Like, ugh. My best advice coming from the person not single who's been in a relationship for most of her life is what the fuck do you have to lose? Whether it's on an app, whether you're going to walk up to someone at the gym or in a grocery store, obviously check if they have a ring on their finger first, but like shoot your fucking shot. You're probably never going to see the person again. They're probably going to be flattered in some way, shape or form. And what's the worst that could happen? Like they say like, oh my God, no, actually I'm in a relationship like and they're an asshole about it. Like who cares? So it's about building that confidence and then like getting a little bit of fuck it in your system. Because at the end of the day, we always talk about like, oh, I'm scared to get heartbroken and blah, blah, blah. Dating is the first step to what that fear is. So is it your fear of dating? Is it your fear that you might actually have something good come from it? And that's the potential to get your heart fucking blown up into a million pieces. Because what we always say about that is you've got to take the jump. You've got to make the leap. You're either going to be wildly happier in love or you're going to get your heart broken and you're going to learn a bunch of lessons and it's going to make you into the person that you're supposed to be. And then you're going to be able to find your person after that. Either way, it's going to be a good situation. So shoot your shot. Don't follow the patriarchal bullshit of like men have to ask women out. Like if you see something and you want something, go get it. Put yourself out there. Be 
harness the outgoingness that you said you had and push that into your dating. It'll serve you. I promise. Okay. I think this is an interesting question that a lot of people are going to resonate with. Can you talk about loneliness being the single one in a friend group of couples? Because I know this happens a lot. I know I have girlfriends that are like, all of my fucking friends are in relationships. I'm like the one single person. Nobody wants to go out and like meet people with me anymore or like go to a bar with me. They're like, we want to fucking go to a 6 p.m. dinner and come home and Netflix and chill with our significant other. Uh, And that must be frustrating as fuck. I get it. I think that society has created this stigma that being alone is not okay. And we as the people in the society, have adopted that. And because of that, when a single person is in a group of couples, they feel like, oh, I should feel like the odd person out. I should feel awkward. I should feel like I need to get into a relationship. I think that's highly fucked up and inaccurate. I know so many people that are in relationships and they're fucking miserable. They hate their partner. They settled. They're like not stoked on their life. So if you aren't in a relationship that you settled in, if you aren't with someone that you hate, if you aren't doing something that's like making you less happy than you could be, you're already winning A in that friend group. B, you have to remember what you as an individual are bringing to the table. They're friends with you for a reason. They invite you out to come be with them for a reason. You are not a burden because you're the one that's like not sharing two dishes at the table. (laughs) You have to remember what you bring to the table and that you're not settling and that you're holding out and that you're waiting for that right person and waiting for that right time. And there's no fucking shame in that. Or you're not waiting for the right person. You're just fucking happy chilling alone and living life and like grinding away at your job and like doing a good fucking job at it. That's totally valid and totally okay. If you are not out there actively searching for a relationship, that is fucking fine. And it's probably really fucking healthy that you're doing that. So that's the stigma half of it. Now let's talk about the loneliness. Because look, as much as we want to be like, I don't need a significant other. I have my wine. I have my chocolate. I have my vibrator what more could I need at night? Sometimes after the orgasm, you want to be snuggled a little bit. And I get that. And dogs are great. But like at the end of the day, you know. So there's no short fix or answer that I can give you to be like, just don't be lonely. It's fine. You'll find someone eventually. Like that doesn't help. I'm aware of that. But I can tell you from having stretches of my life where I wasn't in a relationship and wanted to be in one or wanted that comfort that now that I am in a relationship and I share my life and my space and my home, I really look back at the time where I lived alone and was on my own and I fucking value it and cherish it. There is something so special about living in a place by yourself, having your own routine, really only having to worry about making yourself happy. There's something really empowering about that independence. 
And I think it's so important. I know people, and this is no shade to you, the people that I'm about to talk about. I know people that have been in a relationship since high school or early college. They've pretty much only been with that person. And now their whole life is shared with that person. And if they're happy and they're fulfilled and they're stoked on life, more power to them. That's fucking great. I applaud you. A lot of times because I know these people and they're in my life and I get DMs from my readers that this applies to, they really feel like they missed out on something. They missed out on that independence of being alone and kind of like experiencing the world without it being shared with someone. So while I can't say this is how to deal with your loneliness, because I think that's an individual journey that everybody has to go through personally on their own. But I can say if you can try and shift your perspective and look at the time that you're spending alone as being lucky that you get to experience that and finding the good in the growth and the learning lessons and the independence that being alone brings, it will ease it a little bit. That's my advice. Okay, next one. These are, God, you guys submitted some really good shit. All I have to do is be like questions about love and anything that relates to them. And they just come flying in. Allowing yourself to be loved and cared for after toxicity and mental emotional abuse. Oof. I so get this. I, I write about this in depth in The Ridiculous Misadventures of a Single Girl because when Tay and I started dating, I was like, well, pff, this can't be it. This is this is too normal. This is too healthy. This is too what? Like where's the drama and the chaos? And I don't understand. You're not making me jump through hoops and feel like I'm less than. What? So a lot of times when people have been in a narcissistic relationship, in a toxic cycle, in a relationship where they were being emotionally fucked with, when they get out of that and a healthy relationship presents itself, they're like, wait, no danger, back away, what the fuck? Um, and this can happen for a few reasons. Sometimes they won't even recognize it. Um, and they'll be like, I'm too fucked up. I need to heal before I allow anyone into my space. I don't necessarily think that's true, that you have to abide by that. I think you can absolutely be in a relationship while you are healing. That does not mean that you should enter into a relationship if you are going to take all of your wounds that are still unhealed and toss them onto the other person and create havoc and chaos in their life. If that's you, take your ass to therapy first, please. But I do think that if you're aware of what you've gone through and you're aware of these things and you know how to openly communicative with the person that you're entering into a relationship with, you can then do a lot of good, healthy work on your own and together in the relationship to help you heal. That being said, if you've done the work and you're still like, I just don't know how to accept this love. I don't know how to like allow myself to be in the healthy, good place where I can accept it and reciprocate it. <laughs> I hate to continuously be like, go to therapy, but therapy changed my life. 
like period. Since I was six years old and my dad died, like I've been in and out of therapy with different therapists all throughout my life for different stages of my life for different reasons in my life. And sometimes it takes an outside person. And if that's listening to this podcast and hearing me berate you on it, then fucking go. I love that. But sometimes it takes an outside person for them to present the fact like, hey, have you realized that this person is good for you and is trying to really help you and love you and care for you? And you're not accepting that? and you're pushing them away and you're causing drama in the relationship because you're fucking terrified. Sometimes it takes a person to present this to you and really like lay it out for you from an outside perspective for you to be like, oh, fuck, that's me. I'm I'm that person. And then help you get some tools to take steps to make that better. Some of the things that I can share that helped me personally was being really transparent and communicating with my partner. And sometimes that feels like a lot to sit down and be like, let me explain my trauma to you and how you doing A, B, and C makes me fucking want to bolt. <laughs> if the person that you're trying to have a relationship with, and this is like friendship, family relationship, any type of relationship, doesn't know where your triggers are and what those triggers cause reaction-wise, how the fuck are they going to walk through the minefield that is your life? Like they're just going to hold their breath, close their eyes and pray that they don't get blown the fuck up. That's not that fun. <laughs> so if you can be like, hey, let me take the blindfold off so you know where I'm coming from. And then let me point out the different minefields that you're going to have to kind of like dance around or hold my hand when we approach. Then there's at least a plan of action. And it's been spoken about so that when you get to that, you can be like, ah, sorry. So, you know, that fucking thing that I told you about that makes me a little batshit fucking crazy in my head. It's happening right now. Can you help me through that? It opens up the dialogue and the conversation for you guys to be able to work through it together. All of these things are going to help you have more trust in that person, have more trust and compassion with yourself. And that is going to help you start to accept that love and that care after the toxicity, after the abuse, after the narcissistic relationships. Okay, this question hit me like a freight train, and I'm sure it's going to do that to you guys too. So buckle up. Why do the ones you love the most always, in capital letters, always lie to you? All right, let's take a deep cleansing breath in and let it out through your mouth. <laughs> Wusa, kumbaya. Okay, so why do the ones you love the most always lie to you. Let's dissect this first by, did you really love them? Did you really love them? Or was it an obsession love bombing situation? Did you really truly invest like everything into them and then they lied to you? Or was it two months in and then they were like, sorry, bitch, I can't take you to Europe. Bye. That's different. There's a difference there. Was I like desperately in love and was like, oh my God, my heart? Yes, of course. But there's a difference. So, first, let's make the distinction of who it is we're talking about on the other end and how much of 
our hearts, how much of our time, how much of our life did we invest into this person? Because sometimes you need a little perspective check, a little reality check to be like, oh, this was a month and a half of my life. Am I devastated? Do I feel like I want to swan dive off a fucking building? Yes. But it was a month and a half of my life. Should I be more devastated that my husband of five years was banging a 19-year-old for fucking multiple months? Probably. That's probably the worst out of the two situations. (laughs) So a little reality check, a little perspective shift. Okay, so that's A. Now, this is the important part. I want you to sit down and write at the top of your paper, the top of your journal, whatever you're doing. Why do I love this person? Big, bold letters at the top of the page. Why do I love this person? And then I want you to write out a list of all the things that come to mind. I love this person because he makes me laugh. I love this person because he makes me feel safe. I love this person because write out a list of all the reasons that you love this person. What are all of the examples of why you became attached to this person? And when you finally have that list completed and written out, I then want you to go back and cross out all the things that after being lied to, by this person become null and void. Okay. So this person makes me feel safe. Uh, No, he fucking didn't. He lied to you and cheated on you and whatever the reason is. Cross that shit out. I love this person because he makes me laugh. Well, he did make you laugh, but now he's making you cry more often than he's making you laugh. Cross that shit out. So I want you to go through this list and cross off all the things that become null and void now that they've become an asshole, now that they've cheated, now that they've lied to you, now that they've broke your heart, whatever. You get the picture. What's left on that list, my love? Is it a list that looks like someone you want to be with, that you want to build a life with? Is it a list of like, oh, I would really want to have children with this person, but like what if something happened when we have children? Would they fucking just bolt on me or would they be there to help me through a really devastating time, God forbid? What's the list really looking like? Is it really someone that like we should continuously be crying over and thinking of and being like, oh, what if, what if, what if? It wasn't what if, it was this. This is the list. Make yourself come back to reality and look at the fucking facts of the situation. Look, there's always the 5% exception where a really great person who really loves you and has really shown up for you and been the best thing that's ever happened to you has a slip of judgment and fucks up and is so incredibly sorry and wants to go to therapy and wants to make it work and will put in the time and put in the effort and show you that the change is behind the words. There's always that 5%. Unless you are seeing actively The let me go to therapy with you. Let me show you my changed behavior. Let me explain to you why this was such a fucking lapse of judgment. This is why I lied. And you can clearly see that they're in the 5%. Unless that's the case, did this person really deserve all that love that you were giving them? Did this person really, was he or she the person that really should have been put on that pedestal that you put them on? Is this person really worth everything that they put you through? If the answer is no, bye-bye. 
Bye bye. I will see you on the other side. There is the door. You may exit my life, motherfucker. Nine times out of 10, you get that list done. You've crossed shit out and you're like, this motherfucker, like, why am I even like harping on this relationship? Thank God it ended because I deserve way fucking more than this shit. (laughs) Okay, this is a good one. How to defend your own time and space and not feel guilty about it. Let me give you the permission that you need to not feel guilty about a goddamn thing that protects your fucking peace and your mental health. One more time. This is me, Gabrielle Stone, giving you permission to tell anyone and everyone to fuck right off if they threaten your inner peace or your mental health. If you need an hour alone a day, that is your fucking God-given right. You make it happen. You tell people in a nice, respectful way, and they best fucking adhere to that, or they can kick rocks. But what if it's my husband? Husbands included. Husbands included. (laughs) There are things that I say to Tay that are like, these are non-negotiables that I need in my life to feel okay. And that's what it is. He tells me his. I respect those. Like, you are your own individual person. We came into this world like shooting out of a vagina being like, okay, we are our own person. We're going to leave that way too. Hopefully we have some awesome people around us and there's going to be some rad people on the other side waiting to greet us. But you get what I'm saying. It's you. You are the most important person in your life, not your kids, not your significant other, not your parents, not your siblings. You are the most important person in your life. If you go fucking bananas because you didn't protect your mental health and you end up in a mental facility away from your kids, your kids are fucked. Okay. You are the most important person in your life. You have every right to state the boundaries that you need for yourself, for your personal time, your personal space, anything that you need, obviously within reason, you know, that like it are things that are people are capable of giving you. (laughs) And communicating those in a respectful way and being like, this is really important to me. I'm coming to you and I'm letting you know this is something I need to feel okay within myself. Please respect that. If people fight you on your boundaries, they're triggered and that's not your fucking problem. If people fight you on your boundaries, that is not something that you need to apologize for. If people fight you on your boundaries, that is their fucking problem, not yours. Speaking of holding boundaries and not feeling fucking apologetic about it, this next question, how to navigate dating and not wanting anything serious, but feeling like you let men down? I love this question (laughs) because for some reason in our society, it's like women always want the relationship and men don't want anything serious. But like, excuse me, sometimes women just want to have a little fucking fun too. So this comes back to the same like golden rule of life don't be a fucking asshole. And what I mean by that is like, don't go on dates, allow people to pay for you and like lead them on into thinking that you want a long term relationship and then be like, actually, I don't want anything serious. So like, sorry, can we just keep this casual? That's a dick move. If you go on that first or second date and you're like, hey, I like really am enjoying getting to know you. I just want to be transparent and upfront. I'm not looking for anything serious because whatever reason you have, but I really would like to keep hanging out. I just want to be upfront that like I don't 
want to get into a relationship or see this being like a long term thing. That is totally fucking valid and adult, I might add. Like, not to call the men out here, but if men did that every time they like fucking walked into a situation and like knew they didn't want to be in a relationship, but like just wanted to string someone along for four months to get some good sex out of it and then peace the fuck out, like women wouldn't be in therapy as much. Okay. It's just like, put it out there. It just comes back to be a good fucking human. Just show up authentically, be transparent, be honest, state your fucking needs and allow people to adhere to them. If you sit down and say that over dinner and someone's like, ooh, you know, that really doesn't feel great. And I don't really want to date knowing like that this isn't going anywhere. That's their fucking right. Thank you so much for dinner. Let's split the bill and I'll see you later. Like, it's so fucking simple when people would just like communicate and be open and honest. But everybody's so fucking terrified of hurting each other's feelings or like looking like an asshole. It's like you're allowed to let men down. Just do it up front. Don't wait and make them think that this is going somewhere and then break their hearts later. It's like a quite simple equation of like, Speak what you need, set your boundaries, be transparent, tell them what you want, and then give them the choice if they want to fucking chill or go. I love it. I love it. All right. We're going to pivot a little bit. (laughs) Pivot! Anyone? Friends reference? And bring on a little guest for a little segment of this solo episode. Never been done before. We're going to try it out. We've been talking about self-love, self-care, how you're going to do that, how you're going to take care of yourself. And I need you guys to know it all starts from within. Quite literally, not spiritually, although that's also a fact. I'm talking about physically. So please welcome to FML Talk, Mark Washington. Mark Washington, welcome to FML Talk. I'm so happy that you are joining us today. Thank you so much. So great to be here. Nice to meet you, Gabrielle. Nice to meet you. I've been really obsessed with your products and have been telling everyone and their mothers about them. I've got my mom on them now. My fiance's on it now. Love to hear that. Love to hear that. (laughs) I'm not the only one talking about our products. No, no, it's been really wonderful. And this particular episode, we've been talking a lot about taking care of yourself and self-love. And I feel like so many times people forget that that starts from within quite literally Mm -hmm. on a physical level. So I would love if you could just kind of give everybody an overview of what the inspiration behind Supergut is and really like what the products do for you. Yeah, absolutely. I think this is such a relevant general topic, right, of taking care of yourself, taking care of your health so you can take care of yourself so you can take yes. care of others, right? It's It's got to be like in that order, I believe. And I'm here and passionate about helping you take care of yourself and your health as part of that and gut health being the core to your health. And that's, you know, that's what we are at Super Gut. Like we're all about gut health superfoods. Like what can we do to feed your gut the things that you're probably not getting Mm-hmm. in your diet to create a healthy foundation for health because I'm sure we'll get into it, but your gut is like your foundation for total health. It affects just about everything going on in your system, in your body, from physical health and metabolism to mental health, et cetera. And so that's where we focus. Like we help create a strong foundation for health through food because I still believe and love everybody loves to eat like and I love to eat. And so we're like, how do we make this accessible to, to folks? So we create food products that tap into the science around your gut and the gut health. So that's 
the high level, what we're doing at Supergut. Yeah. And you ask from inspiration. And it's, I'd say, not atypical from many founders, like a personal story, something that drives you, motivated you, people like in general and me specifically to, to get into this. Like, so I've been in this space of helping people live healthier, like throughout my life, throughout my career. It's like what gets me going. Like, yeah. it, it really is my North Star, but it took it to another level based on the personal experience. And, you know, for me, my inspiration is my sister, Monica, who lived with multiple chronic diseases, metabolic health disease, so diabetes, obesity, hypertension. You know, despite her health challenges, like she lived like a life full of light, like the biggest personality in the room. She was hilarious. I say even inappropriately so. Like she would tell the most <laughs> off-color joke, like, you know, Monica, good Lord, tone it down, right? You could not tone Monica down. You absolutely could not. But she struggled, right, with her health. And I'm, you know, I've been in this health and wellness space my entire life trying to give her shakes and diet regimens and workout videos and stuff. And she would try lots of stuff, but nothing ever like stuck, right? Mm. Nothing helped her change the course and her own trajectory of her health. And so tragically, Monica passed away far too young. It was seven years ago now. Mm. Um, I'm so sorry. And it was, well, thank you for that. It was like this combination of health issues that she had in combination with a high-risk pregnancy. And she actually mm. died during childbirth, oh um, which is just absolutely mind-blowing, like that something like that could happen in this day yeah. and age of 21st century we are, yeah. right? But it did happen. And it just, it shook me to my core, as you can't imagine when you go through something like that. She was taken far too young. It lit a fire in me. Like th I'd say there was a fire already, but it poured kerosene on yeah, the fires. Like this should not have happened. What can I do to help others to avoid a similar path? Right? And right. what could I do, frankly, to honor Monica's legacy by helping others? Because even though like the specifics of her situation were, were unique, right? And obviously very tragic, the elements which led to that are common, right? I mean, there's so many of us that are not healthy on the inside, right? And they're struggling with their health and at just different stages of that. And I was like, there are so many people that could use help and frankly, with products that Monica would have loved and potentially could have changed her trajectory. And so that's kind of what really built up in me over time. I was like, well, if not me, then who can mm -hmm. do something about this? And so that's the spirit with which we launched my company, Supergut, about three and a half years ago, was a, a direct tribute to Monica's legacy. And it's something as difficult as it is, I've gotten more comfortable in talking about it because I see that it actually can create light out of such a dark and tragic situation and have actually seen things go full circle Yeah, where we've actually have products out there. We're helping people like in some cases, like transformative help. And for many of whom they've actually honored my sister's name. Right. And oh, so, no. so sorry that it happened to Monica, but just know she's shining down because you've helped me and you're helping so many others. And that oh, that's the yeah. best thing in the world. That's amazing. Right? That's the best I thing mean, in the world. I mean, look, I, I talk about it in the ads that I do for Supergut. I don't promote anything that I don't love the products of, that I don't use consistently. Mm -hmm. And gut health for me really changed the trajectory of my life. When I came back from my big Europe trip that I wrote my book about, I couldn't seem to drop the weight that I had put on. And mm -hmm. my thyroid had been all put out of whack from like lack of sleep and the stress and the trauma I had gone through. And it wasn't until I started with my gut health and mm -hmm. really going back to the basics and starting to change and shift things there 
that I was able to start regulating things that were happening to my body that I had never experienced before. So to hear that your company where I already love the products comes from such a like tragic, but like beautiful tribute that mm-hmm. you've decided to do and that it it was founded for such a incredible reason. That's really wonderful. And it makes me trust in the company even more. Thank you so much. Thank yeah. you so much, Gabrielle. That really is meaningful. And it really does take it to another level. Like it's intensely personal. And I truly do care <laughs> about yeah. what we're doing and, you know, having products that's not just trying to sell something, but that can do something for you. Yeah. And, you know, what we say is like delivering on that promise. And it's just something I'm firmly, firmly committed to. And, you know, I'm a absolute believer in the importance of gut health. Yeah. And I think it's so important that people understand that everything really starts in the gut because so often in today's society, people go in to doctors and they get thrown medications at them and they're like, oh, I'm going to put you on Mm. this medication or oh, let's put you on this as opposed to starting to really go within and be like, how can I clear everything out? And again, like you said, regulate from the very get-go. Yes. And it it's crazy how many people have healed themselves without medicine through fixing their gut. This gets me going. This is such an important topic. The human body is amazing and powerful. Like you don't know just how powerful the machine that each of us has and the ability to, you know, you could use words like heal itself. Like when you treat your body in the way it's supposed to be treated, you absolutely have it within you to orient yourself in a healthier way. I like to say that I'm not like anti-medicine. I think they have the role in society and it's very important, but I'm incredibly pro like nutrition. I'm pro natural heal. Like if you can orient your body in an effective way, you're not just addressing the symptoms and, you know, taking a medication, which you're likely going to need to continue taking for the rest of your life to just Mm -hmm. breaking down the symptoms. Let's talk about the root cause. Like, let's get to the root of what's happening and how do you get back to that equilibrium? And I think natural ways to achieve that are much more sustainable. It's getting at the root cause. And again, the body is amazing. It's powerful and it's complex, right? So it's not always easy, but when done right and effectively and over time, you could solve so many of your health and wellness ills in a natural approach. Absolutely. Is there a specific story that comes to mind that you've heard someone who's like written in that had a certain illness or ailment that they have been able to cure and get rid of by simply fixing their gut? Absolutely. There's so many. Because one of the things that we do is we actually are all about, we're not just product, but we're community as well. And this is like lifestyle and habit creation because there's no there's no silver bullet. You can't just drink one of our shakes and heal all your ills. You can't right. take any <laughs> pill and just heal. Like it's about habit creation. How do you create healthy habits in your life? And so we try to help encourage that. Obviously, we have a product, but we also have community. We have engagement and and I'm engaged. Like, so when consumers come in, they actually are part of our community. They ask questions and they also share their stories, right? And so we get to see firsthand a lot of this feedback coming back to us about how the product is working differently in different people's lives. Um, so I'll take one example that stands out for me, you know, for a customer who's actually been using our product now for two years. She uses it, when I say religiously, I really mean it more religiously than me. <laughs> She literally has not missed a shake in two years. Like not a single day has gone by. This is according to her that she hasn't had a shake. 
she had struggled with her health, right? I mean, metabolic health, right? I mean, both weight, but in particular diabetes, as well as like, you know, those tend to show up in other areas, like chronic inflammation and arthritis mm-hmm. and issues with her joints and her knees. And so she needed to lose weight. She needed to get her blood sugar under control and she needed to have knee replacement surgery, right? Oh my God. So she'd been using the product, started to see some benefits right away, enough to encourage her to keep it going and maintain this healthy habit. So fast forward two years, I think she's dropped like 30, 40 pounds. Her blood sugar, as measured by what's called your A1C, has gone from a diabetic range, like in the, I think, eights something, into the healthy range, call it the high fives, which is mm. you know a healthy for A1C. And she's seen such improvement in her health that her doctor allowed her to have the knee surgery, which she otherwise would not because she was too much of a health risk to even have that surgery. And so she was able to get her metabolic health in better control and have the knee surgery that she had been wanting to have for a while. You know, obviously we helped her along that journey, but, you know, we also help encourage her to do other healthy things in her life, right? Right. Be smart about her diet and exercise a bit more, be a bit more plant forward, kind of these other things which help coincide with improving uh, your gut health. And now she's one of our biggest advocates. Every once in a while, she'll help in the community. If you have any questions whether or not this works, let me be a standing testimony for you. So that's one story that stands out. Oh, I love that. That's amazing. So I love that you guys aren't just a company that like ships products out that you're community. If people want to find out more about getting into that community, where would they go? Yeah, the best place is to come see us directly. So our website, supergut.com, is where to come to learn more about both the brand, you know, the essence and the science behind it, and obviously the products that we offer, as well as our community is on our site, supergut.com. Awesome. Mark, this has been so wonderful. Thank you for sharing your personal story that inspired this amazing company. Thank you for making such great products with such great quality because it's helping my life. And I hope that everybody that's listening who is inspired to start taking control of their health from within goes over to supergut.com and checks it out. Oh, thanks so much. I appreciate you having me on. Like this topic and taking care of your health, you know, in particular, your gut health is so important for people to hear. So thanks so much for giving the airtime to this important overall topic. You are so welcome. I want my listeners to be just as healthy as they can be. And Absolutely. it's such a problem in our country that I am very passionate about people taking control of their health. So thank 100%. you for coming on and sharing 100%. your story. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me on. I want to thank Mark so much for coming on and sharing that incredible personal story of why he started this amazing company. And if you guys are like ready to get your shit together, ready to fix all these physical ailments that we've been dealing with in this society, I know that it's changed my health game. I want it to change yours. So if you are ready to do that, go to supergut.com and use code FML for 20% off. All right, it is that time of the solo episodes for your FML stories. Here we go. Hey, Gabrielle, here's how my FML story goes. The year was 2014 and I was 31 and happily married, or so I thought, to let's call him Mike for three and a half years. 
My uncle used to tell me I lived a charmed life. Everything prior to 2014 seemed to fall into place for me. My husband was very handsome, charismatic, an athlete. What does this sound familiar? And a successful VP of HR for a Fortune 200 company. We owned a townhouse in a nice area of New Jersey, traveled the world in our free time, and loved to entertain. All that came to a crashing halt towards the end of 2014. I started to get that undeniable gut feeling that something was wrong. He was suddenly obsessed with working out more than normal, like two times a day sometimes. Again, why does this sound so fucking familiar? (laughs) Shaving his chest hair started being really nasty to me for no reason, had a lot of work events in New York City where his office was. And the big thing that jumped out to me was he changed his phone password. Red fucking flag. I knew the iPad password, though, so that was synced up with his Apple ID. So I started to check his reminders and often saw deleted reminders reminders about someone named Jay. Jay's bag was an example of one. He also became Facebook friends recently with a work friend. Let's call her Juliana. He always kept work separate from Facebook. So this was unusual. I checked on Juliana's profile and she seemed safe, married with a handsome hubby and a beautiful daughter. Loves herself, though. All the pictures of her doing backflips on the paddleboards, handstands on the beach and tough mutters. Long story short, New Year's Day night, the suspicion was undeniable for a few additional reasons, and I was able to guess the code to his work phone. You go, girl. You go, Glen Coco. Checked his emails, and there it was, a full-blown affair in progress with coworker Juliana in his work email. He's a VP of HR, remember? (laughs) I confronted him and he literally wrestled the phone out of my hand. I understood crimes of passion for a hot minute because I literally wanted to hurt him. Don't worry, he's still alive. And spoiler alert, now married to Juliana. Dick. (laughs) I actually never saw him again after that night. He ran away like a child to stay at his parents' house and we got a divorce over text messaging. Never got an explanation or apology. The next two years were filled with ups and downs. I was emotionally wrecked and broken. My self-esteem took a nosedive and I had zero trust in men. Got a divorce on my wedding anniversary. Well played, universe. Oh, I love this girl. I love how she writes. She sounds like me. Sold my beloved townhouse and the dog and I moved into a small apartment by the beach in up and coming as... Park. I can't be saying that right. My pharma job did layoffs, which I was a victim to. To make extra money on the weekends, I worked weddings. Talk about rubbing salt in the fucking wound. (laughs) I love how this girl writes. But some of the silver linings were I learned to live independently for the first time in my life. Oh, my God. I swear I don't pre-pick these fucking stories out before. But were we not just talking about the importance of this earlier in the episode? I love when that happens. Had incredible friends, family and a therapist who helped me learn that I was married to a narcissist and helped me heal and grow. Traveled a few times solo. Fuck yeah, girl. Solo on a cruise for my favorite band and to places like Peru, Iceland, Kenya, and eventually landed an even better job in pharma. Best of all, I met the love of my life and soulmate, John, real name, haha. <laughs> and we have been married now for three years. We have a very unique and serendipitous love story of how the universe brought us together. Oh, this is why I love her writing. The New York Times thought so too and featured us as their lead story in the vows section. You can find it by Googling Kelly Hayes, K-E-L-L-Y-H-A-Y-E-S, and John Nordstrom's New York Times vows. 
Oh my God. It would make my year if you gave us a shout out. Here's your fucking shout out, girl. Love you and love your Eat, Pray, FML journey. Thanks for listening to mine. Fuck yes. I love it. This girl, Kelly Nordstrom's, her IG is the non-essential traveler. I love the way you wrote this story. I am a fan. Thank you for submitting this. And I love, this is just like the perfect prime example of everything happens for a reason. I absolutely love it. I hope you guys enjoyed this solo episode. I hope you have a kick-ass fucking Valentine's, Galentine's, whatever. Have a kick-ass February. Like, fuck the holiday. I love you so much. I will see you all next week. All right, FMLers. If you don't want to miss an episode, make sure to follow on your favorite podcast app. And if you're loving the show, drop us a five-star rating and leave a review. You can keep up with me on Instagram at Gabrielle Stone or the podcast page at FML Talk Podcast. For all the merch and books signed personally by me, you can shop the FML line on eatprayfml.com. And as always, have a fucking self-love cocktail on me. Cheers. Welcome to As a Woman, Fertility Hormones and Beyond. I'm your host, Dr. Natalie Crawford, and I am a fertility physician and co-founder of Fora Fertility in Austin, Texas. We will talk about a wide range of topics, including the menstrual cycle, your hormones, infertility, IVF, mental health, and well, beyond. So join us and become part of the community of collaboration that amplifies others as a woman. This podcast has been brought to you by Podcast Nation.